Welcome to the 2SER Book Club, where every week we open up a new book and help you discover something to read, no matter what your taste. Here's Andrew and Tess. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. Hey Tess, how are you? I'm very well. What have you got for us this week? Look, I am. I, it's great to be here talking about books. Um, shout out to Nick. I hope he's listening online. I see he's safely settled in Karatha, but... I have got something for you uh, really exciting. Uh, so, about two, three weeks ago, look, it was a few weeks ago, around the same time, the 2SER made a huge announcement that you would be <laughs> our fantastic new Brecky host. Th- there, there was this un- other huge announcement that was made, and it was the 2018 Stellar Prize winner. Now, the winner was, of course, National Treasure Alexis Wright for her memoir of Tracker Tillman. It was entitled Tracker. It is a worthy book. If you want to discover more about uh, that book, go to 2SER.com where you'll find a chat that I had with Alexis. Now, another absolutely fantastic novel to emerge from the Stellar Prize shortlist is Claire G. Coleman's Terra Nullius. And... It's going to be our first book club book together. I love this. So it was shortlisted uh, for the prize. Is that right? It was one of the shortlisted novels. So there are six shortlisted novels. Of course, only one can win. Uh, Still look, a damn good job to get into the top six. Yeah. I, look, I'm, I'm not going to promise that this is the last shortlisted <laughs> novel I share with you because it was such a strong shortlist. But Terra Nullius. So Terra Nullius, it takes us to this kind of fictional future history of Australia. We hit the ground running, matching the frantic pace of Jackie, a native escaped from the convent school where he is treated little better than a slave. Jackie was taken from his parents and has little memory of them other than the name of a town, Jeremungup, where he believes he was born. Now, the settlers are soon on Jackie's trail. Trooper Rowan is famed and feared for his violent temper and is none too happy to be setting off into the harsh Australian interior to bring the fugitive Jackie home. Amongst the desert landscape, two groups orbit, seeking only to avoid the troopers. Esperance and her grandfather lead a group of survivors running from the settlers' violence and oppression. Eking out an existence with what supplies they can scrounge, they see little future for themselves or for their people. The fugitive Johnny Starr is also on the run. He's a former settler trooper and has turned on his people for their indiscriminate killing of natives and seeks absolution for his crimes. As Jackie remains on the run, he moves closer to these groups and grows in legend, becoming mythological and inspiring other natives to throw off their shackles. So, look, Tess, I'm I'm imagining that there is much of the plot that I've just outlined that would soon soon sound familiar to you from Australia's own history and our continually emerging understanding of the brutality visited on Indigenous Australians since colonisation. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's uh, it's bringing back a lot of imagery that I remember watching Rabbit Proof Fence and that sort of, uh, you know, that sort of landscape, that mm. sort of situation. It's kind of, that's the imagery. Interestingly enough, so Claire G. Coleman is a Noongar woman from Western Australia. Uh, in her afterward, she does actually cite Follow the Rabbit Proof Fence as one of the inspirations uh, oh, wow. the to her writing. And in her afterward, she also assures us that this is a work of fiction. And look, there is one hell of a twist that I'm going to keep to myself that exposes <laughs> both the disparities between Claire's world and ours, so the world of Terra Nullius, but also the genius of Claire's conceit in writing Terra Nullius. So the writing of, of Terra Nullius, it's extraordinarily evocative. We, we really don't have enough time to go into her use of language, her use of very visual and tactile language. It's it, 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 you can feel this writing, but if I can focus just for a minute on the use of the very, I guess, plain, uh, straightforward appellations of native and settler that 
throughout the book. Now, these are used to delineate between characters' status in the narrative. They're either native or settler. Uh, and but for these titles, we, we really wouldn't see much difference, except the settlers are um, in, almost inhumanly cruel, I guess, to, the, to those that are native. The notion of humanity and what it means to be human is of deep concern to this book. Where the settlers see only animals, they're also forced to concede that the natives have art and culture. While they come to appreciate these skills, it's also troubling that they then reduce the native population to the sum of their aesthetics. You know, they, they don't want to give them status. It's very difficult for them to do anything, but they, they will make them, they will just sort of trot them out at the convent. There's a scene where the children that are being educated are, tr- are trotted out to dance for an official coming to visit. The narrative paces forward and borrows heavily from genre fiction, including thrillers and frontier dramas. And as we accelerate into the desert, the heat intensifies. I found myself wondering more than a few times how Claire could possibly wrap this book up in a satisfactory way. Like, you know when you, the book's just moving forward and you're like, oh gosh, there's yeah. only 50 pages, what's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> I was absolutely missing the point. Terranolius is this ther- thoroughly entertaining novel, but between the action, it's an exploration of the ways in which Australian history has played out across 200 years. It's not history, and it's perhaps more powerful for this because it allows itself and it allows Claire to delve into the motivations and the feelings of both oppressor and oppressed in a way that a historian can't do that. They can't get into the the head of governors of the colonies and say, well, they were thinking cruel thoughts or they were thinking kind thoughts. I thoroughly recommend this book. Um, I had so much fun reading it. I have so much fun thinking about it. Uh, and there is a lot. There is a lot to think about this book. I really can't fully explain how great this novel is because, <laughs> look, there, I, I mentioned the twist. There is this reveal that occurs about halfway through and it transforms the novel. Uh, so, you know what? I'm not going to give anything away. Go out and get a copy. <laughs> yeah, please don't. I'm definitely going to get my hands on that one. Um, I can see why it made the shortlist. It sounds incredible. It is. It is. And I think... Um, it, 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 I, I can't emphasize too much how hard it is to fully discuss this without giving away a reveal. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to do spoilers because this is a book that should be experienced. But it is. It, it grabs you and it takes you into this narrative, and then it forces you to confront these realities that are so close to home. Um, you know, it's it's uncomfortable, uh, and I think it it is a good way to begin to look at the history of colonization, the brutality that was visited, looking at ideas around the frontier wars, which is still something that we don't we haven't fully got our head around. Anzac Day was not that long ago, and there was a huge debate around recognizing Indigenous soldiers who went overseas and fought, but also the idea that there were frontier wars in Australia, and how can they be recognized on a day? that uh, I guess commemorates those that were lost in war. So this is a huge discussion. Terranalius is in a really important part of it. It sounds absolutely fantastic. Uh, can we have a little bit of a sneak preview of next week? Next week, I want to share another book that I read recently uh, that I'm really ex- excited to share on Final Draft. It is called The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart. It's by Holly Ringland. Uh, I think a few people might have heard of it. It's been doing really well, and uh, I'll be bringing that in next week. Look forward to it. Andrew, thank you so much for your time. You've been listening to the 2SER Book Club. We record on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation at 2SER's Broadway Studios in Sydney, Australia. The show is produced and presented by Tess Connery and Andrew Popel. And a big shout out to Michaela Savage for graphic design and artwork. 
If you're enjoying the book club, why not subscribe and get new episodes delivered straight to your phone every week? If you want more books, you can tune into Final Draft or subscribe to Final Draft Great Conversations Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. To keep up with everything happening at the station and discover more stories, ideas and music, follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just look for at 2SER.